Hello and welcome back to the Catcha Outdoors podcast. We are on location. We're out in Arizona filming these episodes. We're doing some uh, mule deer and javelina hunting, so having fun. But uh, today our guest is David Bertram. So a lot of you have asked us questions about Southern California hunting, uh, questions about you know tips, tactics, and the truth is we've never hunted Southern California. Yeah, uh, we'd like to. Obviously, we'd love to hunt the whole if state. If we get an but... invite from our buddy one day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So David is from uh, who we we call Davy. So we'll call him Davy. Davy's from San Diego. Yep. And how you've lived there since I was eight years old. So that's since 1998. Okay. So a few months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you have you've hunted a lot in Southern California. Yeah. So tell us about um, so what zones are down there? We'll start with that. Um, man. D-16 is San Diego County zone. Uh, then you got D-12, D-15, D-11. All kind of clumped together right now. Yeah, they're all clumped together. Yep. So, I don't want you to give away your honey hole. And basically, like, but... Southern California is, in my opinion, I could be wrong, but I've always considered Southern California zones any everything south of um, the grapevine. So, Los Angeles, Riverside, and south. Okay, and you've you've hunted a lot of those areas. I've only hunted San Diego County. Okay. Yep. And, but you you pretty much find success regularly year over year, right? Yes. So I, I'm I definitely do not claim to be the ultimate authority on this, um, but there's some principles that I've learned, and um, it's it's helped me to be successful every year that I apply those principles. I think that the um, the main thing that will help people that are interested in hunting that area is I feel like where Clayton and I hunt predominantly, which is Northern California, you know, whether it's the Sierra Nevadas or the coastal mountain range, it's so different from all of the topography and the geology down there. And did I say geology is geology, geography, 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 both, I guess. Well, right. Geology too. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's so different from that area because we hunt a lot of, it's like, oak savannas or pine forests and there's nothing in between and you guys have like a lot of like say chaparral sage big open broken country a lot Um, of like breaks and stuff so yeah yeah, that that's a um even if you've predominantly hunted in san diego county i think it applies a lot of your experience will apply to that whole region Mm -hmm. because it's a lot of the same kind of terrain yep so um how do you approach your preparation for the season like scouting um like i said we've never hunted this specific area so i mean first of all do you, do you see a lot of deer while you're out there yes um and and a lot so if i went out for an evening i would consider seeing over five deer seeing a lot of deer that's really good yeah, yeah. it's about that's california typical standards, public land yeah. california <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and if you if you see 10 deer or more that's like you're incredible hopping. yeah you're hopping up and down that's really good that's like a big especially if you see them all together that's a good herd of deer so what would you say would be a good scouting technique, let's say, in... Because uh, when does the season start? The archery and... Rifle? The archery starts in the beginning of September in D16. Also, oh, it's a little later than... Yeah, it's northern. later than Northern California. Okay. And then the rifle season starts in the middle of October, like the... I think it's the third or fourth Saturday, and then goes for 30 days. Oh, So it goes from middle of October to the middle of November. Okay. Which so, is great. It's like right in the rut. So when would you say would be the best time to scout... Um, with the conditions that will mirror how you'll be hunting? Yeah, that's um, that's a good question. 
the best time to scout and the best method of scouting is actually doing the same thing you would be doing while you're hunting. And that is getting on high spots and just glassing. And, um, my biggest thing, my biggest goal when I go out, whether it's a month before season, I, I typically, and to answer your question, I typically won't go out and scout more than uh, two months before season. Right. Um, we found that same, same where we're at. Yeah. I think almost everywhere. If you yeah. scout too early, it's not really going to give you a lot of value. Yeah. Maybe area population in general, mm-hmm. but other than that, the deer are going to be in totally different places or feeding on yeah. different stuff. So maybe some acorns drop somewhere. Or maybe yep. who knows yeah, what's Yeah, foliage happening. and water are going to change a lot yeah. over yeah. that hot period of time. Yeah. Right. So you say with glassing. So, so lot- for example, let me interrupt you there. In September, all of our oak trees start dropping acorns. Okay. And, and they will continue to drop acorns all the way through um, like early November. So you... And September through November is deer season, you know, between bow and rifle, that's deer season. So if you scout a canyon in, um, let's just say June, and you don't see any deer sign in a canyon full of oak trees, well, literally, if you were to wait two more months, there could be a whole herd of deer that moved in to start eating those acorns. Makes sense, yeah. Okay. So, um, I forgot what I was going to say. So when you're, so (laughs) we talked about this earlier, um, uh, several times and it's something that i think a lot of especially newer hunters but a lot of people sometimes that have been hunting for a long time it surprises me that they don't kind of catch is you were mentioning that when you first started out mm-hmm. you would go and just try to find some open meadow or grassland yeah. and wait for the deer to just walk out in the middle of the grass and mm-hmm. eat the grass and you can shoot them right so, yeah yeah so my my early concept of of mule deer hunting or just all deer hunting was just to find a big meadow, sit on it at first light and last light, and wait for a buck to come out and hope that one came out. And yeah, that's what they'll do in the south. How many for... came out? <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually got lucky. My first buck was doing just that. I nice. was like sitting on the edge of a meadow. And Unicorns do it, exist. It, it was a crazy, it was crazy. Like there was like seven bucks that came out, like 10 does, two of the bucks were fighting. So, and there were two tiny little forkies. And so I was all excited and I was 17 years old is my first buck so i go running out into this meadow and i got to like 80 yards of these bucks and i'm getting ready to shoot one of these little forkies and then something caught my eye out of my peripheral so i look over and there's like 15 deer and i just see antlers everywhere mixed in with the does so i just got on one and i shot it and it was it was a it was a nice forky um it was definitely a lot bigger than the two that were fighting but anyways that was the only time i got lucky on a meadow but that was my so you heard it here first hunt meadows exclusively (laughs) yeah yeah um (laughs) But yeah, that was my concept of hunting and and I would always complain like, man, San Diego just has horrible habitat for deer. We hardly have any meadows. All the meadows that are in San Diego County, the majority of them are on private land or it's in a state park so you can't hunt. And um and then over time, I maybe just by reading and watching different um videos of of mule deer hunting in the West, I learned the principle of just getting on high points and glassing. And as I did that, I learned that you rarely ever see mule deer in meadows. I always see them in the middle of the thick stuff, you know? So I'd get on a high, a high point and I'd be glassing down into a mountainside that had brush eight feet and 10 feet tall. But because of my vantage point, looking down into that brush, I started finding deer literally every time I went out, every time I'd glass, I would, I would find deer. That I remember what I was going to say earlier. So that, that begs the question is glassing like, would you say that's the exclusive way to hunt that area? Yes, absolutely. Southern California, 100%, it's all about glassing. And it's all about just finding the does. Don't worry about finding a buck. If if you just find does, 
just stay on those does until a buck comes in. So you were telling us earlier today about the different rut seasons. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. Yes, and and this I learned from a seasoned Southern California hunter who's killed probably like forty bucks, and um, he knows what he's talking about. But he said um, in September, closer to the coast in D sixteen, and this is for all Southern California. The closer to the coast you get, the uh, does will go into heat in September. And then, and then, uh, those that don't go into heat in September will go into heat in October. And then those that don't go into heat in October will do it in November and then December. And so there's actually, uh, three, did I just say four? Mm-hmm. September, October, November. December. So it's October, November, December. So not, not September. Yeah. Not so September. October. I, it's October. So the first rut would be rifle season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So literally, awesome. you'll see you'll see yeah. bucks with their necks all thick and chasing does in October, and then there'll be like a dry spell of like a week or two, and you'll think, oh man, the rut's over. You know, here we are in the middle of November, the rut's over, and all of a sudden you'll see it again on a trail camera or, or while you're glassing, you find another buck chasing a doe, and then just last week after Christmas, so it must have been like December 28th, um, I was working up in the mountains and I watched a huge three by three after Christmas rutting hard i mean his neck was thick he was chasing a doe around and so um it just goes to prove they'll they'll have multiple ruts and it just all depends on you know what does will uh what time of those three months that a doe goes into heat you know Mm -hmm. yeah it's interesting that um you know there's so many different it never ceases to amaze me that deer do deer stuff. Yeah. Like they just, you think you got them pegged and you figured out, oh, deer do this and this time and this, this moon phase and all. And then all of a sudden you'll come upon a deer that's doing something totally off the books, mm-hmm. like the ones in the meadow that day, you mm-hmm. know? And it's like, what are you guys doing? You're, didn't you didn't, didn't get the message that deer don't do this, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of one of those things that no matter where you hunt, I think that it's something we've learned and learned the hard way several times is always be ready for anything like you know what you're gonna most likely see and you you can come to expect but a lot of times like just be ready for even the most wild circumstance where deer show up in a random spot yeah yep so another question we want to ask is about the uh, vegetation and habitat down there Mm -hmm. what what are you looking for when you're scouting or just even looking for deer and you're deer hunting um what kind of vegetation are you looking for and what kind of country are you looking for? Yeah. So, uh, and again, I've only hunted D 16, which is the San Diego County, but I'm pretty sure that a lot of the vegetation, uh, is up in Riverside, Los Angeles, those areas, same vegetation. Um, but anyways, the, the two main plants that I'm looking for is sumac and buckwheat. So I, I'm not going to look at a mountainside that's just covered in thick chaparral. You know, even if you're on a, on a, high vantage point and you're glassing a mountainside that's just thick chaparral which is i don't i don't even well it's called chaparral it's just a bush that grows 10 12 15 feet tall right. it's just so dense undergrowth thick yeah. brush whatever. yeah you can't really see into it and i don't even think the deer really like it so I, I don't spend any time um scouting and glassing those kind of areas i i like to look for um broken country real steep country that has a mix of vegetation and a mix of openings in between the these bushes of buckwheat sumac a little bit of sage um and so broken country that has a little more openings in it you know yeah um and then well because i mean it also you've got you want deer habitat you need the feed to be there 
but you also have to hunt the spot. Mm -hmm. So we've run into that when we've ever tried to hunt a zone in places that has those chaparral, like we'll have Samish bushes just completely covering a whole mountain. What'd you call it? Shamish? Shamish, yeah. Oh, Samish. Um, It's like, I don't know if it grows down there or not. It's like a thick, green, oily, gross plant. Mm. Um, Burns crazy hot too. Mm. But I mean, the whole mountainside would be covered and you literally would have to go on your hands and knees and crawl through and you're not going to, you can't hunt that stuff. So I I understand what you're saying is the terrain has to be deer friendly and huntable, Mm -hmm. you know, but it needs those critical, critical plant life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you say find a a place that has a mix of vegetation. That's what you want to target. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I don't even care about trying to find big meadows. I just want to find mountainsides or a whole area of ridges that has a mix of that sumac and, and sage and, and buckwheat. Um, the buckwheat grows really tall as well, but it's at the base near the ground. It's a lot more open. So up top, it can be really thick. Um, but down low there's actually, it's, it's really open. So the deer can run through it. They bed down in it. So it's like a forest to the deer, to the mule deer. Um, so it's shelter, it's yeah, feed, it's, it's shade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, and the and the same with the sumac. The sumac, the deer love to eat the leaves of a sumac. And they'll bed under it. Um, so it's it's a really... When I see a, a mountainside or a canyon full of sumac, oh man, almost guarantee it there's going to be deer in there. Up where we hunt, uh, a couple of... I'd say the top two or three, two or three feed sources are like a mountain white thorn, a gooseberry... That your broadleaf stuff. Uh, what would you say would be the top two or three food sources? I mean, you mentioned the acorns, mm-hmm. but what else? But yeah, yeah, the acorns from the oak trees. That's huge. I mean, that's like potato chips to a deer. They love that stuff. Then the next, in my opinion, is the sumac. Okay. I mean, every time I glass in September, October, November, and that's the other thing. The sumac keep their leaves year round, mm, so it's know. a constant food source. And um, every time I've glassed, I think. Um, pretty much every time I see the deer feeding on sumac leaves. Um, so that would be, you know, sumac leaves and acorns are huge. And then I see them feeding on, on, uh, young buckwheat. Okay. So are any of those, um, and you may not know exactly, but are any of those feed sources time dependent because, or like, you know, season dependent because I know, I know the acorns are, Mm -hmm. but that's one of the things we've talked about in the past is if you go and you're going to scout a spot and you go, too early, the feed sources can change, yep. right? So, yeah. So the buckwheat and the sumac is year round. The acorns fall in September. They start falling in September, and uh, they'll fall basically through the be- end of October, beginning of November. Hmm. But a lot of acorns fall. So even though the tree might be done dropping the acorns, the deer will still be feeding maybe through the end of November or hmm. beginning of December. And then by then the squirrels, the woodpeckers, the deer, the raccoons they have like cleared up the floor. Demolished it. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. So make sure you're keeping an eye on when you're scouting and what food sources will be available when you're actually going to go hunt. That's right. Yeah. yeah. If you go scout a canyon that's full of oak trees and, it, and it's like a beautiful forest of oak trees with, you know, really clear ground under the oak trees and it just looks like the perfect park to see a herd of deer if you're in there in the month of june you might not see a single deer track but then if you wait until the end of september and you put cameras in there or get up high and glass down into that area you might see a whole herd of deer in there that you know they move in after the acorns drop Um, not all the time sometimes they're there even before the acorns drop but for sure if you're in a canyon with oak trees and you don't see any deer sign and you're there before September, 
check again um, after September, and so, you might see deer that moved in. So, what about moisture? Does the I mean, water sources and whatnot. yeah, yeah. Tell, tell us about water. I don't really hunt water. Okay, I'm just looking for the the brush or the vegetation that I mentioned, and um, just good vantage points where I can see a lot of country with that vegetation. And I, I don't even look at Onyx or anything trying to find springs or water holes because there's, there's really not a lot of it in Southern California. So I, I think, um, well, I, I know there's definitely water that seeps out in some of these deep canyons, but it would be just a lot of hard work to just go through the, each ravine that's full of poison oak and stuff and, and right, real I mean, thick trying to find a little water hole. One year at the end of like a five-year drought, I got lucky and I found in the in the in a really deep canyon in thick thick oak trees where there was poison oak and uh, wild cucumber. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. Yeah, thick and nasty. Yeah, wild cucumber grows like all over the oak trees and it'll actually kill the oak trees. But anyways, found um, an old timer said that there was a water hole down there and I'm like, yeah, right, whatever. Well, anyways, <laughs> it was I I had time and so one day I hiked all the way down to this. Uh, really deep, nasty canyon, and sure enough, there was an area. I'm not even kidding. It was. It wasn't even. It was probably this big, hmm. and water was seeping out of the sand. And there were deer tracks all around it, coyote tracks, everything. So I put up a tree stand there, and um, I sat there for 40 hours in that tree stand. And I had every single day there was like four cubbies of quail that would come in, coyotes would come in, and uh, but I knew I and I had a trail camera, so I knew the deer were going in there, and so I sat there for 40 hours and finally two bucks came in and I killed one of the bucks. Wait, 40 hours straight? No, not 40 hours straight, but 40 hours over the so season. aggregate time. In the, yeah. Okay. I was yeah, like, say, that's your machine if you're doing that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Sitting there just... <laughs> yeah, but I sat in the tree stand for 40 hours and like it would be three hours here, four hours there, you know, a full day here, that kind of thing. Wow. But yeah, I but I, I was... Um, I was motivated to do it because I knew the animals were there. And yeah. It was just a nice, beautiful, makes sense. a quiet little area. Uh, but that's the only time I've ever hunted water. And I normally I just don't even pay attention to that. <clears throat> well, I think in an area like that also, if you have, because a lot of those areas, um, yeah, there's stuff for deer to hide under. But if you get a vantage, it's not like hunting a tall, old growth pine forest mm -hmm. where you can just look and you're not going to see nothing but the tops of trees. Mm-hmm. There you can actually glass down and see animals. Yeah. So if you can sit on a vantage in a morning or an evening and actually see if there's animals there or there or not, yeah. then you don't really need to count on a water source because it doesn't matter if there's water or not if the yeah. animals are there. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And even if the water's not marked on Onyx or whatever, I'm pretty sure that almost every single deep canyon all through Southern California has water seeping out somewhere. And there has to be because there's deer in pretty much every canyon. So, yeah, I don't worry about the water. I just find that good vegetation and get a high vantage point and just glass. Okay. Yeah. So you, you and your brother run an interesting business mm -hmm. and you have kind of an inside perspective on predation. So that was our next question is, you know, what do you tell us about the predation that you run into both as a hunter and with your business? Yeah. So um, me and my brother own a pest control business and one division of that is nuisance wildlife and primarily we're just dealing with varmints in the city so we're talking uh, raccoons skunks possums uh, we'll do bat eviction from big structures beehives and stuff like that and we'll also remove nuisance coyotes that are um, 
attacking people's pets or if there's like a, a pack of coyotes that's in an HOA and just making members of the HOA nervous, we'll go in there and, and remove them. Um, and speaking of coyotes, yeah, we had an HOA call us because coyotes were getting so bold. They were actually grabbing people's dogs while they were walking them down the street on a leash. Oh wow. And, and it actually got, um, it got media coverage. So it, it became really bad PR for this HOA. And so they called us and it was a liability, you know, so HOA called us and this is again, like seven or eight years ago. And, um, we used a trap at the time called a cholerum trap, which is now illegal to use in California. Um, but it's a non-lethal trap. It's, it's essentially a leash and a collar. And so animal control uses it to catch dogs. And, um, basically the, the leash and collar is buried in the ground. And when the coyote grabs the bait, um, there's a spring that launches the collar over the coyote's head. And then the coyote is just restrained and held there. And, and there's like, there's some comfort, um, there's like a, a comfort spring on the leash so that when the coyote tugs on the leash, it's, it doesn't it's hurt its neck. It to death yeah. It's like, it's like yeah. a humane deal. So anyways, um, that's the trap we used and we removed about 40 coyotes within like three or four months wow. from this HOA. And we're talking, it's an area, it's, it's about 5,000 acres total. And, um, and this is almost in the heart of San Diego and, but there was green belts around this HOA. And so, uh, you know, we did a good job. We removed the coyotes and we had security cameras on each trap for liability reasons, just in case kids went out there and stuff and mess with the traps. So, and on those cameras, like when we first started the contract, we never saw deer. Um, or I take that back. We would see a couple deer here and there on our cameras as, as we were removing the pack of coyotes. And then we, we quit catching coyotes, quit seeing the coyotes on our cameras because we would remove the whole pack. And occasionally we would catch a coyote that moved in. But immediately following that removal of the whole pack, over the next two and three years, the deer, the, the photos of deer we were seeing just shot through the roof. We were wow. like seeing a bunch of pictures of, um, of fawns and all that stuff. And I personally believe it was directly attributed to removing all those coyotes. Um, the coyotes may sure. not remove a lot of adult deer, but man, when you oh, have a fun ca- killers, yeah. When yeah. you have a, when you have a Canyon that's just loaded with coyotes, mm-hmm. they're going to get lucky and find the fawns no matter how yep. well the fawns hide. Yep. Yeah. So, um, the HOA, they were really excited about that. And then the deer started eating all the roses and stuff. We'll take the deer out too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, no, we didn't do anything about the deer, but it was still super cool to see all of that on the cameras. Yeah, that's neat. I, and that's, you know, predation is one of the uh, biggest hot button talking points for hunters, I think, especially in California, because, uh, you know, we have some notorious mismanagement going on. But, um, you know, I think that is something that I, I always get frustrated about is, is people don't really know exactly how, what's going on with predation. And there's this, a biologist and I had a conversation about this one time and she was telling me that one of the big problems with predation is that the it's the bear mountain lion combination mm-hmm. what happens is the the mountain lions are much more proficient killers so they'll go and they'll they'll kill these deer and you know that's their dinner for like a couple weeks or whatever mm-hmm. so they go and they pull the thing up in the tree or hide it or whatever and then the bears come and they steal the kill mm. and so 
now the mountain lion's got to go kill another deer. Mm. And because they're better at it, it's easier for them. They can kill more deer. So now you got mountain lions that are killing like three, four, five times as many deer as they need to eat. That's crazy. And the bear are eating them all. And the bear population is only going to get worse now. Yeah, it's exploding. Because the, the it's like a symbiotic relationship, unfortunate for the mountain lion and for the deer. Wow. Um, so it's a problem. Every time we go deer hunting, I mean, we, we kill bears every deer season. We tag, we fill our tags every deer season. You should too. We've got a big bear problem in California. And every year we go, we see more bears. More bears yeah. every single That's year. That's crazy. We don't have any bears in San Diego County. Yeah. It's probably but, not conducive weather for bears down there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, I, mean I wouldn't yeah. mind if we had bears. Yeah, bears are fun to hunt. Yeah. They re- I didn't like bear hunting too much until I was filming and Clayton, we called a bear in. First, Clayton bear ever, first bear Clayton ever shot with his bow. We called it in. It was like 30 yards. She just came in on, or he just came on a string. And... Clayton just smoked it and it let out a big old roar and ran down and I didn't push record on the camera and, um, never lived that one down, but it was, it was like a, like a riveting experience. It's the rain. It's the rain. Oh, it's raining outside. Yeah. So yeah, oh we're, goodness. we're, we're on location. It is, it's pouring right now in Arizona. Oh so yeah. If you want well, to hear for that only rain of the year, we happen to be here for it. <laughs> yeah, Great. So. Right. But yeah, predation is a big, a big topic. Yeah. And, um, yep. so, but we can't. We're not allowed to hunt mountain lions in California. Right. What's the? I know it's a, a something people are really afraid of, uh, especially new hunters and people that aren't really familiar with mm-hmm. hunting, is going out in the field deer hunting and a mountain lion's going to attack me. What's your experience? Because I know there's a lot more lions down yeah. there than there is. Yeah. There. You know what? You do not have to be afraid of lions. I've, me and my buddies, we've spent so many hours in the field hiking back for hours after dark you know, even solo, like hiking back in the dark solo. And we've never had an issue with lions and there's a lot of lions down there. And like, um, we were talking about this before. If I'm scouting a new area or even if I'm going back to an area I've hunted in the past and years past and I see lion tracks, I don't get nervous. I'm not like, Oh man, a lion's in here. He's going to push out the deer. No. If a lion's there, it's because there's deer there. So when I see a lion, I'm like, let's go. I've, the deer are here. Let's, let's keep nice. hunting. Yeah. But no, I, I don't get nervous at all. I'm when I first hunted. Oh yeah. When I'd get, when I'd be hiking back to the truck or something and it's, and it was dark, I'd be like looking over my shoulder. Right. It was nerve. It was nerve. I think that's something but, that wears off on most hunters too. The more you spend time in the back country or just hiking in remote yeah. uh, land areas, you know, you, you, you just, you get used. And to a it. lot of times I'll actually turn on a podcast and put it on speaker while I'm hiking out Yeah, on purpose. Just yeah. so, a line wouldn't accidentally mistake me for a deer. Right. They would know some kind of weird smell, weird yeah. sound. Yeah. It's crazy with lions. All the years I've spent Definitely in the a weird field. smell, right? Yeah. <laughs> After a day and butchering up a deer and everything. Also days in the backcountry with yeah. no shower. Yeah. Right. There's some uh, funk going on on there. But uh, <clears throat> all the years I've spent hunting, all the time in the field, I've never seen a mountain lion in California. Not one time. Yeah, you know what? That's it's a like it's a lot like being attacked by a shark, I think. Everyone's scared to death of getting attacked by a shark. They go in the water at the ocean and whatever. But really there's so few people attacked by sharks, it's crazy. Per capita, yeah. yeah. Right. It's just a scary thing to happen to you, right? right? It's mm-hmm. Apex predator, right. you can't yeah. do anything about it. Now there's no doubt lions see us when we hunt. I, I believe every single year there's a lion that watches me at least one of the days I go out. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just curious. I mean, just like a house cat, you know. But they're not like a lion isn't set to just kill the first human he sees walking through the mountains. Right. Good thing too, because yeah. you'd never see him coming. No, yeah. you wouldn't. Just, you wouldn't. just be gone. Yeah. yeah. There wouldn't be very many hunters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's been a fun conversation. Um, 
last question. Do you do you know what the stats are in that? You said it's D sixteen, right? I know it's a very low success rate. Like I believe it's under ten percent. And if you, buy... I, I want to say it's around like six percent success rate, maybe five. But don't like quote me on that. It's very low. So if you buy a D sixteen tag, do you get the you get to hunt archery and rifle season? D sixteen allows you to hunt rifle between um, middle of October to the middle of November, and with that D sixteen tag, you can kill a buck with your rifle or your bow. What about, it has what about archery season? The archery season is the A twenty two tag. So, and the A twenty two tag starts in the beginning, I think, of September, and um, goes till the end of September, and then it reopens again in the first of December and goes through December thirty first. Hmm, that's pretty unique. So, yeah, if you just so, get a general season tag, then you can either hunt with your bow or your rifle. But if you hunt with your bow, you're hunting with your bow and rifle season essentially. Would right. you say that again? So. If you get your general C, general tag, your D sixteen D sixteen tag, yeah, you can hunt with. Obviously, if it's a rifle hunt, you can hunt with a bow if you want. Yep, Buck but only. you're gonna be at a big disadvantage because you're hunting with a bow during gun season, essentially. Yeah, sure. Okay. So the D sixteen so tag is for rifle season. That's and right. And the A22 tag is your archery tag for D sixteen. That's right. And the A22 tag is either sex, so you can kill a buck or a doe. That's cool, and that's it not is. very common in California. Yeah, very awesome. rare, actually. Yeah, yeah, because our seasons. Up here, like if you're going to get a D three through five or a B zone or something, um, the one tag counts for archery and rifle season consecutively. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can get an AO tag, which applies to anywhere pretty much, I think. Um, and you can hunt the archery season of that unit. Well, not anywhere, but it applies to... A, a lot of zones. Yeah, yeah, a lot of zones. A, B, a bunch of the D zones. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty interesting. I didn't know that. Hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, in San Diego, there's a huge opportunity to, I mean, you can be hunting from beginning of September literally to the end of the year. Which I think is cool, the timing. Uh, I don't know why our A-zone archery season starts in July. And it's like 155 million degrees. <laughs> and you're out hiking, you know, trying not to die of heat July, exhaustion. that's crazy. July, man. Yeah, so like they're, the middle they're still in velvet. Yeah. Oh, that's a big thing. In San Diego, none of the bucks are in velvet. Ah. Yeah, so September 1st, you know, our archery season comes along and all the velvet's gone. See, we, I mean, here, there's occasionally there's a buck that just, you know, doesn't feel a lot of testosterone and he's just never rubs off. So Yeah. When, and where we're at, Northern California, we're kind of sick of shooting velvet bucks at this point. Because we, that's our, every archery season, that's all you get pretty much. Every once in a while you'll find wow. a hardhorn buck running around if he's like early. Wow. But yeah, pretty much. I mean, we shoot velvet bucks every year pretty much. I would love to kill a velvet buck. Yeah. Even my like, rifle. You don't even get the opportunity to do that in San Diego. Even my rifle buck this year had some velvet left. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, so when's your rifle season? It's the usually the third Saturday of September is when it starts. Wow. Uh, That's early. Well, third or is it third, third or fourth? Third. It's like 18, 19, 17, somewhere. It in depends there. on what zone you're hunting. Yeah. So um, D zones and B zone, I think, are the third Saturday of September. Mm. Um, A zones earlier. So, gotcha. Yeah, you're hunting in the inferno. Yeah, nice. it's it's kind of a bummer because the conditions are so rough, so hot. The deer are always just hunkered down, bedded. You're sweating your head off out there trying to run around. It's crazy. <laughs> so someone listening to this might think, man, why would I want to hunt California? But the harder something is, the more gratifying. It yeah, is the, the, the higher the reward. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, for sure. And I feel like I feel like if there's and this is some people are just gonna whoa on this one, <laughs> but I feel like if you can become a successful California deer hunter, yeah. especially archery 
California deer hunter, yeah, you can pretty much be a successful anywhere hunter in the country, anywhere. That's right, because it is some of the toughest deer hunting. Yep, we've hunted all over the United States. Yep, and it is, some and of we've the killed all over the United yeah. States. Yep, elk and deer and whatever. Yeah. And I could say without a shadow of a doubt, California is the hardest. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Like that that buck that I killed on the waterhole when I spent forty hours total in the tree stand, um, and that was forty hours without seeing a lot of deer. Those, those two bucks that came in finally af- after 40 hours were the first two bucks I saw. And it wasn't 40 hours of... Uh, okay, Consecutive right, right, 40 hours. Well, it wasn't 40 hours of you rode up to your tree stand in your e-bike and got out and climbed. Right. In the, it was hiking down a mountain into yep. a ravine and then, yep. you know, then you got to hike out. And picking my way through poison oak to get to the tree. And, yeah. Yeah. and But when I killed that buck, it was a super old buck. I mean, a Roman nose, white face, gray hair everywhere, scratches all over his face, just a big body it, that's it cool was, a and mature it, buck is the coolest thing. it was so gratifying it, i mean i probably felt more um it was just more gratifying than I, I mean i've killed elk in idaho and it was just as gratifying as killing a big six by six bull wow it was and and i think it was even more so because it was at home yeah, yeah. you know when you kill a buck at home in your home turf it's pretty cool and you win it's just so neat like this yep. is this is my spot and especially yes. a mature yeah. buck i mean even if the genetics aren't there and everything the the just a mature old buck. I'd rather shoot an old regressed mature buck yeah. than a young big buck. Just yeah. because it's just it's, you've accomplished something. Yeah. Like that that, that joker has a long seen. Time. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He's he's survived the bears and the yep. lions and the winners and everything. At that point, I don't even care about how many points he has. Just to know that it's an old, just big buck. That's yep. just so cool. That's exciting. Just mature. Sure. Yeah. So hopefully Tomorrow we all three shoot old big mature yeah. bucks. Yeah, dude, that's worth. It should we're, be good. Yep, we're we waited out the storm today, and tomorrow's our our big day to go out and uh, first day with no rain. Yep, hopefully hopefully make it happen on some bucks here in Arizona. Shoot some javelina. Yeah, so that'll be a fun video or several videos hopefully. So well, this has been fun. Yeah. I think uh, hopefully it's informative for folks who want to. Wanted to get some more information. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's been informative for me. I, yeah. I mean, eventually, hopefully, we'll come down and hunt with you one time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and shoot some Southern California bucks. And you can come up and shoot a Northern California Sounds good. velvet buck and a bear. Cool. Yeah. Yep. Cool. So. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. We will see you on the next episode.